Okay, so we're in this series on grace and forgiveness. This is week four, and, um, and it's based off of a book called Grace and Forgiveness by John and Carol Arnott out of the airport um, church uh, up there in uh, Toronto. It's an amazing book. People have asked for me to preach on it for years because primarily of the message I'm going to tell you tonight, the importance of forgiveness and um, what does it mean when God says, I will not forgive you when you do not forgive your brother and sister. What and the what does that mean in the midst of grace, in the midst of God's love, in the midst of Jesus on the cross? Brittany, Craig, it's great to see you guys. You're in town from Asheville. Thank you for coming. You're beautiful, wonderful people. And so there. And so the we're going to answer that. We're going to look at that question. Now, it's a big question. It's a very big theological question, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to narrow it down and make it simple so we can experience it, we can embrace it, okay? Uh, I want to tell you a story about a politician. Um, I went to this, this, this event where um, they, they asked me to pray. I, I get very, and they don't ask me to speak a lot, but they do ask me to pray, right? And so I got asked to pray at this event, and um, this uh, popular a person was, uh, he, he did his talk, and then at the end of the talk, he began to talk about um, all the injustices of the, this group of people that he and his uh, government had placed in prison, had, had gotten to jail, and how he's cleaning up everything, and, uh, you know, and, and just what, what amazing, you know, ministry that this is, and how you guys affirm and support this idea, uh, and that what the, the crimes that they've been doing, the things that they've been doing um, in terms of abuse, that, you know, it's just amazing. And, and he's, he's saying this, and there's something inside me that's like getting angry. Like, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying something, he's doing something. I don't know what it is, but I just start to get angrier and angrier. I almost stood up and said something, like in the midst of this massive banquet. It was bothering me so much. And I thought, like, why is this bothering me? Why is this bothering me? And, and it, was because, it was because he was taking away grace from me. He was drawing a distinction between people who worked this way and people who worked this way. He was talking about the law. He was bringing and pulling us, this room full of Christians who were clapping and cheering and loving what he was saying. He was without us even knowing it, pulling us back into the prison of the law where we measure ourselves against each other instead of, instead of the reality that if not for grace, we would all be the same. We are all the same at the foot of the cross. And I just thought, holy moly, this is heretical. This is such the wrong message you should be giving when you're talking about the least, the last, and the lost. Because every one of us, every one of us, if not for grace, if not for grace, would be a pedophile. If not for grace, would be a rapist. If not for grace, would be abusing people, hurting people, taking life from people. If not for grace. It is the only thing, it is the only thing that saves us, that rescues us, that loves us, that brings us into a relationship with God that allows us to experience life to the full, to step out of the prison that we were in under the law. And so when I began to pray, I said, if not for grace, if not for grace, every one of us would be in the prison that they're in. And it was like silent, right? 
And then I just said amen, because I, I don't know what else to say after that. I started getting angry at him or something. But that is a reality of what, how we can so easily slip into judgment, how we can so easily slip back into the prison of feeling like it's about works. It's about I am measured as a good person based on what I do, and we compare us, ourselves against what others do. And that's, that's the way the world operates, right? That's, not, that's the kingdom of the world. Those are the values of the world. And so we are called, we are called to the kingdom values of God, kingdom values of grace, not judgment, kingdom values of love, kingdom values of extending God's forgiveness to those who don't deserve it. And that's what this message is about. But we don't, you know, I don't think any of us like, I'm going to jump back in to the prison of works. I love this. This is awesome. I love trying to work. No, none of us. Because if we've experienced grace, in that grace, we experience life to the full. We experience the love of the Father. We experience all the things that give us life. And we all want life to the full. It's like it slowly ebbs in to our life. It slowly it slowly gets in, and then it begins to grow. You know, I got, just before the life course, I got this infection in my elbow. I didn't, know, I didn't cut it. I didn't bump it. I did nothing. I was sitting on the couch. It began to hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. And uh, by that moment, I couldn't sleep. It hurt so bad. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I thought I had AIDS of the elbow or something. I had no idea. No idea. And um, it hurt so bad, I went to the care spot, and literally the guy was Googling answers. And so I thought... You know, I probably want to see my orthopedic person that works on my elbow. I got one that works on my knees, my elbow, my shoulders, my neck, back, everything. And so I called him, and miraculously, I got in like in 20 minutes. I raced there, and they're like, yeah, you got an infection, an internal infection that is angry, does not look good. It was hot. It was gnarly. It was just, ugh, it looked, <laughs> right? And so um, they said, take these antibiotics. Put this wrap on it. Keep compression. That's the only thing that's going to happen. And it may last six months. Go for it. Have a good time. And you can't use it for anything. And so I'm like, what? That's horrible. Well, as we head to the life course, it began to spread on my arm. And they said, if it begins to spread, then you need to go, like, to the doctor. You know, if you start to vomit, throw up, land on the ground with convulsions, or hit people randomly, you need to go to the doctor but uh, I was at the life course just before the first talk, and it, it literally, it creeped from here all the way up to here. And I was started marking it with a marker to, make, to see what was going on. And that's, what, and that's what happens with the kingdom of the world. That's what happened when it, when it, comes, when it comes to living in judgment, when it comes to living in the prison. We take a little step in, and we, like we get infected with a conversation, with something that happens to us that hurts us, and we get angry at that person, and we, unfor- we don't forgive that person. And before we know it, it has grown, and it's taking over more and more of our life. And you can feel it because it's not right. Because whenever that grows in your arm, it moves you away from grace. and moves you not only into the kingdom of the world, but it moves you away from the kingdom of God. And that's what this is all about this morning, this idea that God won't forgive you if you will not forgive others. 
Because if you're not forgiving others, if you're moving away from the kingdom of God, then you will not experience the kingdom of God, the values of God, the love of God, and the presence of God. You know, we often wonder, man, why don't, why don't I experience more blessings of God? Like, why, is, why does it feel like I, I struggle to have joy? Why does it feel like I always feel like the enemy's attacking me or the, the things I'm praying for with my family or my marriage never change? And I, I've been praying for healing for the whole time of the church. I've never seen anyone healed. Why, why is that happening? You know, and there's, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that fully. But I do know the Bible speaks to that. The Bible speaks to that. In certain circumstances, there's reasons like faith. You know, Jesus answered him, have faith. Truly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it will be yours. And so we, I love this verse, right? And we like Every church teaches on it, especially churches like ours that are charismatic, that believe in the gifts. And we talk about, you know, just believe. You got to learn how to believe, people. You got to come down and believe. If it's not happening, it's because you don't believe enough. You don't have faith enough. You need to do these things. You need to shut out the enemy. Stop allowing him to come in and steal from you what already is promised. And the mountains will move in your life, right? And so we teach this. All the time trying to create expectation. That's my, that's my primary job right here every Sunday is to create expectation in you uh, so that you'll trust God more. So you'll believe who you are in Christ. And so we, we, we preach on verses like that, and those are true things. But then when things don't change, we wonder like, man, why, why aren't the mountains moving? And God says, he, you know, Jesus in his hometown, he couldn't do many powerful miracles. He healed a few people. Why? Because there was no faith. There's no faith in this town. And so, you know, things don't happen often because or sometimes because people involved don't have faith. Or whenever the boy who had seizures, there's a guy who's, there's a boy who had seizures, uh, and he would throw himself into the fire whenever this demon would come over him, and the disciples prayed, and they could not get this demon out of him. And Jesus said, when they came, like, why couldn't we do this, Jesus? And Jesus said, because you have little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, and there's the mountain again, move, move from here to there. Have anyone ever prayed for a mountain to move? I have. I go to the mountains in the summer. I, I, I do. I like standing on the deck. It's like, move mountain over there. It's never happened. I just, I, I tried it with a pencil too. I put it on the counter. I'm like, move. I have faith, Jesus, that the Spirit's going to come and move. I do. I do all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and you probably do too with your children or something. Okay, but also there's an, uh, it talks about uh, there's a mute boy. And, the, and the, again, the disciples can't cast it out. And Jesus says, this kind cannot be cast out. This kind of demon cannot be cast out or driven out by anything but prayer. And so there are lifestyle issues that if we're engaged in or not engaged in that Jesus teaches us, that that will limit how the kingdom and the power of God will come externally. And again, I could go on and on. There are lots of these examples. Um, and, and, but ultimately, we don't know, right? We don't understand. We don't know. Whenever we pray um, and God doesn't heal, we just don't know. But we do have examples of things that can shut that down. All right, I want to read the rest of that first verse that I read about Jesus moving. Whenever he's talking to us, you know, ask, we give it to you, mountains will move. 
It says this. It says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Okay, so Jesus says, if you have faith, if you believe, if you believe you have received this, then you can have it. But whenever you stand praying, when you're praying for this, you, you need to forgive. If you have anything against anyone, as your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you for your trespasses. Unforgiveness. Jesus wants to know that unforgiveness has a direct relationship and impact on our prayers being answered. Unforgiveness affects us building the kingdom and us experiencing the kingdom. Forgiveness demonstrates that we live outside the prison, that we are living in grace, that we are living, you know, for Christ and in Christ, okay? But unforgiveness, unforgiveness demonstrates that we're not that we're living still under the law. And, and not, only does, not only does unforgiveness impact how we bring the kingdom, like I said, but it also impacts how we experience the love of God, how we experience the kingdom of God, right? And how we receive the blessings of God, right? And so it, let's say that we're in a pattern of unforgiving. We're in a pattern of anger. We're in a pattern of judgment, all right? We're living, we're living in a way that is not consistent with God's plan for us. Why would he bless that way of life? That's crazy. Why, if we're living in a way, in a prison, why would he bless us in that prison and affirm that where you are is where I want you to be? And so whenever we don't see the things of the kingdom happening. Whenever we don't experience the things of the kingdom happening in our life, we need to ask the question, as Jesus says, is there anybody that you have not forgiven? Anybody? Jesus tells us when we go to the table, when we go to, you know, have communion together, he says, you know, don't come. Make it right with your brother. You know, I, you know love your God with all your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. This is what I require, is that God loves us and that we love others. And the way that we love others, the way that we love others is through extending forgiveness. And when we don't, we do not experience the blessings of the Father. It's like if you had a child, right? And he likes socks, his little boy socks, punches, throat karate chops, their sister, their little sister, Right? You're going to move to them. You love them, right? You love them both still. You care for them. You know, every, all that stays the same. But are you going to be like, way to go, bro. I love that. Here's some candy. Good job. I'm going to bless you and bless you and bless you. No, why? no, you're not going to do that because what's he going to do? He's not, you know, he's going to be like, and kick, right? So that's what they're going to do because they want more blessing. Yet that's what we expect our father to do with us. When we are living a destructive life, or when we're living a life that leads to destruction, or we're leading, living a life that hurts other people, why would we expect? Yet all of us, man, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. And it's hard because we slowly get infected. We slowly get infected. 
And before we know it, we are just acting and living life in a way that is not consistent with the world. Now, here, here's the good news. And what I'm talking about is living, you know, in the justice of God, living in the Old Testament, and living in a reality that, yes, we were sinners. And this is, you know, just, justice is, is not the opposite of grace because justice is part of God's character and grace is part of God's character. And they are both equally a part of God's character. It's like if I had a red you know, a red ball up here, a blue ball up here, and it is, it's going to be round, it's going to be blue, right? Is it more blue than round? No. Is it more round than blue? No. Is love and justice the same in the same way? Yes. And so justice is required in any culture, in any society, or there will be chaos. There will be destruction. And our justice before God was that our sin, our brokenness that was leading to destruction had to be dealt with because God is just. God told Adam, look, if you eat of this tree, you know, if you eat of this tree, if you decide to live life in a way that is opposite from me, in a way that is inconsistent with my kingdom, you will experience death. And I have to give you death because I said I would give you death and I am just. I can't help but give you death. So how does that line up with grace? If it's the same. Same values with God. Same part of his, his character. Well, Jesus died to satisfy the justice of God. Okay? Why did Jesus die? Why was Jesus on the cross? Why did he have to suffer? Because of God's justice. Okay? Because of his justice. Not because of his love. Because of his justice. It was the love of Christ that kept him on the cross. Because we were the only thing the Father didn't have. We were the only thing that Jesus didn't have. And so it was his love for us that said yes to the justice of the Father. Redeemed us so that we can live in grace. So God's justice is perfectly satisfied. But it's demonstrated through his grace. Which we receive by faith. Does that make sense? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the core of who we are as Christians. That we have been justified by faith, through grace in Jesus Christ. This is from the book that I was talking about. This gives a great summary of, um, of this idea and what Jesus does. Because Jesus leads us out of justification out of living under the law into a higher level and opportunity of experiencing grace of experiencing love experiencing life okay and so because even though they're both part of God's character and his nature God says mercy grace it's better than justice okay and so this is what it says do we have that slide maybe not okay so it says this I who am guilty of sin admit my sin and need a savior. He comes into my life at my invitation, and I am raised to a new level where I don't deserve to be. I move from justice where I rightly deserve the full penalty for my sins to grace where I can walk freely because of what Jesus has done for me. In the place of grace, the river of God flows through my life, a river of blessing of healing, 
of the impossible becoming possible. It is the river of the Holy Spirit. And so that's our condition. We move, Jesus brings us from here to here, not because we deserve it, but because of his grace. And it allows us to receive his blessings, his healings. And what is impossible becomes possible. Who we can't forgive, we are able to forgive. When someone has wronged us, we don't react in judgment. We react in grace. We react in love because the Holy Spirit is moving through us, is, is, is bringing us to places that we never, ever thought we could be. And so we have two options as Christians. We can live under justice or we can live under grace. Those are your two options. There's not a third. You can live under justice and you can live under grace. When we don't extend forgiveness, you should not expect grace. Like I said, you cannot live in justice, live under the realm of justice, hold people accountable to things they have done against you, judge people based on their behavior. You cannot live in that realm and expect to experience this realm. You have one choice. You have one choice. I have one choice. We all have one choice. And how that manifests in your life, how do you know that you're living in grace and not justice? You're forgiving people. You're not judging people. You're not angry all the time. You're desiring to bless people instead of other people blessing you. You're extending gifts. You're extending grace. You're extending all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. All of those things. That's the only Bible verse I've ever memorized, by the way. There's a song, okay? It's a song. And so we're extending all of those things. And we're extending them not because we have to, but because the Holy Spirit is in us. And he can only give that out. He can only give that out. In the same way that when we live in justice, the Father will not forgive us. He can't. He won't. Because that will be a blessing for us. And we're not living in the realm of grace. There's a great parable that illustrates this. I never liked this parable because it was confusing. So I read about it. I studied it. And I'm going to give you just a snapshot a picture um, that Jesus gives us. He gives the disciples. Whenever Peter came to him, he said, uh, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77, wait, but, but seven times, what? But 77 times, okay? And so you know Jesus is kind of checking out Peter. Did I read that right? That's what I said. I said seven times 77, didn't I? Was that right? It's on the scripture. I said 77 times, just right there. I read it and it said, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. That's the first thing I said. I 77 times right there, but 77 times. Is that on there? I can't see it. Seven times, but 70, 70 times seven. That doesn't say this. 490. 490 times. I was just messing with y'all. I've worked that out. I plan on doing that, right? Thad, Thad was a plant. He's a numbers guy, right? Set him up, set you up, right? Because I'm about, this like passage crush, crushes our hearts. Okay, so here. Okay. And so you know Jesus was kind of like Peter, for real, seriously. And Jesus like throws out, 490, right? And then in the Greek, they like shut it down to make it easier to, to read for some of us. Okay, he says, 
He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, that's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. And, uh, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all he had and payments to be made. So the consequence, the justice that needed to happen was you owe me this, you didn't pay me, and so here's your punishment. That's justice, right? So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Have patience. Please, don't operate under justice. I know I don't deserve this. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt. Now, this, this, one of the things that this is about, this first little section, is about the generosity of the master. The, the, the debt was unpayable. He could not have paid it back ever. That he, and not only him, but his whole family would have been in prison for their whole life. He would have lost everything. His life as he knew it would be death. It would be more like death. Okay? And so the master... In this story, the king is God the Father, the generous one, more generous than we could ever imagine. And he's shown this generosity in the way that he has given his son to us. He's given us the greatest gift, the freedom, the life that comes, the grace that comes whenever he sacrificed a son, even though we didn't deserve it. It would cost us our whole life. It would cost us death. Okay? But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, what? saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him. Same thing, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what, he had, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported it to their master, which was the dude who released him, Right? All that had taken place. Okay, so the servant, his servant, he came out. He was shown grace. And instead of showing grace, he brought justice on him. And he put him in a prison until he could pay him back. Well, you can't pay anyone back if you're in prison, right? So that's like a death sentence too. So he is paying him exactly what he had been forgiven for. Whenever he was extended grace. And it, it, what's crazy, and what I love about the story, is it says he owed 100 denarii, which is about three, it's about $10,000, Okay. Now, the servant owed 10,000 times that to the, to the master. 10,000 times what this guy owed him, which was, you know, and so he didn't only exact justice. He exacted justice on a much, 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 much lesser debt than he had been forgiven for. You see the picture here? We've been forgiven for 10,000 times, 10,000 times more abundantly that we could ever pay, costs us everything. We've been forgiven that, yet we judge and don't forgive those who have paid or who owe such less of a debt to us. What the what? We read this story and we're like, I can't believe this. And Jesus is like, yo, you're the master who threw him into jail. They had been pardoned and been given grace. I know, I told you, it'll crush us. It'll crush us. This crushes, right? Then the master, it gets worse. Then the master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not have you 
Should not you have, have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay his debt. His original, his original sentence, his original justice, he said, I am going to give you what you've asked for. I'm going to give you what you gave. I'm going to give you justice because you're choosing justice. I'm going to give you justice because you're living under justice and have chosen not to live under my grace. So also, Jesus says, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That's a little motivation, right? It's a, it's a motivation. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches how to pray. He says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If we live in the realm of justice, we will receive justice. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. If we live in the realm of grace, we will receive grace. In both cases, the Father will give us what we ask for based on how we live. Now, I said God will still love us. But if, if you are living in judgment and unforgiveness and you have never lived in grace, there's a chance, there's a chance that you're not living in grace, that you are not in Christ, that you have stayed in the prison when Christ opened the door for you to be released. And that you're not a believer. You might go to church, you might know all the right things, but if you find yourself, your whole Christian life, you've never been able to forgive. There's something your parents did that you will not let go of. There's something that someone did a long time ago, and you have a hard time letting go of it again and again and again. You don't even want to forgive. You only want to judge. You want bad things to happen to them. Those are things that are not of the kingdom of God. And if they have always existed in your life, Jesus is saying you have always lived under justice even though you might know the right things. And Peter knew all the right things, right? He, he knew. He was a Jew. He knew the law, but he did not how to, know how to live in grace. And that is what Jesus is talking about. We are saved by grace through faith, right? And so in order to experience grace, we have to have faith. For us to receive forgiveness, we must forgive we must forgive, we must forgive so that we will live in the salvation that we have received, okay? And so we get grace of God. In order to get it, we have to have faith. In order, forget, in order for us to live in the salvation of God, to live in the grace of God, in the same way we have to have faith, we have to have forgiveness. Does that make sense? They're both have-tos. We cannot operate in the kingdom of grace without forgiveness. We cannot operate or receive salvation and grace without faith. And it's the Holy Spirit that does this in all of us. Only when we forgive others can we be certain that our debts have been canceled by our master and that we are truly free and living in the realm of grace. You know, and so I read this, and I know you hear this, and, I'm, and you're like, whoa, I don't want to be under justice, right? You're like, I don't want to be cast into the pit of fire and punishment by the guards. I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to hurt people. You know, and so what happens with me, and I know this is hard for you to believe because I'm a pastor, but I do have tr trouble spots in my life. Um, that was a joke. I have lots of things in my life that if you knew about them, you would not want me standing here, right? And so, 
And so when things like this happen to me, or when I start feeling judgment, or I start feeling, I start living out of my flesh instead of out of the Lord, or I, I go back into the, the struggles that I've had before I became a Christian. I start living out of my brokenness, out of my wounds, as opposed to out of his love and his affirmation and my identity in Christ. Someone said something to me that really changed the way I approach this. You know, often what we'll do in those situations, we'll say, Father, come and please take this away from me. Father, come and please remove this struggle that I'm having. Father, come and please help me to forgive. Now, those aren't wrong prayers, but this is a better prayer. Father, come and, and fill my heart with your love. Father, come and fill my heart with more of your love because your love is forgiving. Your love is gracious. Your love is kind. Your love is beautiful. Your love adores me. Your love is unimaginable. Father, come and fill my heart with that love, with your love, more, more, more. And what happens is when that love comes into our heart, those desires, that unforgiveness, that judgment, they can't be in the presence of grace. And they leave. They leave. They're gone, and your desires change as a result of the Father's love in your heart. And that is truly what it means to live in grace. Father, I can't do this. I can't do this. Fill me with your grace, more of your love, more of your, more of your love. Remind me more and more and more of who I am, that you love me, love me, love me. And I'll tell you, recently, this has been my prayer. Because the stuff, that, the struggles I've been having. And, and, and I had this picture at Refresh the other night. And I don't know why, but I'll see 3PO. I, I don't get that. You know, Star Wars. I don't know if, if I was thinking of Tom Rossi. Awkward. You know, whatever. But I had this picture, and I was like a robot, right? And there was a hole in my chest that, that Jesus was right here. He took this cap off my chest, right? Because I couldn't be a human, you know. And so, and so, and he started putting in his love. Because I was at refresh, just saying, Father, I want more of your love, more of your love. And I started praying. And I saw him just pouring in. Jesus taking and pouring in more and more and more and more and more and more. And he said, Antley, there's always more. There's always more. There's always more. You'll forgive. You'll extend grace. You'll slide back into the infection, into the prison. And I'm going to give you more. There's always more. Come and ask me for more. And there's more and there's more and there's more. And as I've been praying and asking for the Lord to fill my heart with his love, that picture comes to my mind every time. And he reminds me, Antley, there's more. There's always more. And so, man, we all want to choose grace, right? We all want to live under grace. We all want to feel forgiveness. We all want to give forgiveness. And, and for many of us, there are things that have happened to us that seem like it's impossible. That there have been things that are, are horrific. And memories you have and brokenness you have. And, and, and there are things, literally, that only the love of God in your heart, only the Holy Spirit flowing through you will be able to give you the ability to forgive and to bring life and to extend grace. And it is a journey for us all. It is a journey for us all. And I hope that none of you are sitting there right today, right now, thinking and feeling shame feeling like, I can't believe this. I'm that other servant. I'm so dirty. I'm so bad. I'm so whatever, whatever. You're here today to hear the message of grace. You're here today to hear the love of the king who's giving you freedom from this massive debt. 
that you owed. You're here today to be reminded that you are his child and that he loves you. And even though you slide back into justification or you slide back into the prison, he is after you. His love never ceases. There's always enough to bring you out, to remind you who you are, so that you'll live under grace and so that you'll forgive other people. Let's stand.